Yeah. Like, did you just inflate that number to try to make him feel crappy? Because I, I think you did. That. I'm Lindsay, mom of two active boys on the West Coast and believe there's no reason for money to be ugly. I love helping busy moms make it pretty without using cash envelopes or coupons. I'm Megan. Me and my husband, we have four kiddos and I relate more to the dad role than the mom. And I'm an HGTV loving, oversharing finance nerd. Together we host the Money Stuff with Moms podcast. We understand the hashtag mom life. But we also can appreciate the big picture adulting responsibilities like money. In this podcast, we invite you to be a part of our no fluff fun conversations that will give you helpful on-the-go finance tips, even if it's just a peek behind the curtains to hear about what we are doing with our money. On today's episode, I thought I would bring in one of my guilty pleasures, which is watching a little bit, maybe some people might call it trash TV, the money side of things as well. So if you haven't watched the newest season of Love is Blind. Maybe skip this episode because there might be some spoilers in there. Um, so I'll give you that chance now. Just hit next. Don't listen to this episode. But I want to talk about specifically the couple of Stacy and Izzy and how it really affected their relationship. So Lindsay, you watch Love is Blind. Oh, you know it. <laughs> I binge Love is Blind. It is absolutely my guilty pleasure. You should see Graham's face every time I turn it on. He cringes. Oh, I just love it. Yeah, it's 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 so good, but it's so bad at the same time. It is so good, but it's so bad. Yeah. I think that like, you know, we're all busy and doing our thing all day long and like running a hundred miles a minute that like some mental chewing gum at the end of the day is we deserve that all right so let's talk about Izzy and Stacy and how it seemed like his financial situation was a real deal breaker for her like what do you think about that situation well I think first I mean it's a example of opposites attracting right their financial backgrounds are quite opposites um And, you know, probably some of what she saw in him was this like fun loving way of life that she wasn't used to because she's so structured Um, and vice versa, right? He's fun loving and she has more structure and that's probably what he was attracted to in her. Um, But then when you open the books, you see those differences and, you know, his, um, his bad credit score was a deal breaker for her um and I mean I get that right if if you are used to living a more affluent lifestyle and you probably understand that like leveraging your good credit (laughs) helps you get things right? It gives you opportunities. And she's probably experienced that her whole life. And then to be with somebody that not only might not be able to provide those opportunities in the future, but could ultimately take away her opportunities. Um, I, I think that would be a really hard pill to swallow. 
Mm-hmm. I think to there ha- it, it's not that you have to have the exact same mindset when it comes to money between each partner, but there needs to be almost like the person who doesn't have enough or doesn't know enough or just isn't as affluent when mm-hmm. it comes not just the actual money part of things, but also the knowledge of how it works and how you can go about it. Mm-hmm. That person who's who knows more and maybe has more needs to pull that person up to their level, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, giving them some tips and tricks in a kind step-by-step way. And I felt like the dynamic was almost like, and I don't want to put anyone down. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like, please know, I don't mean any ill will, but it felt kind of show offy when she was like talking about her job and talking about what her house that she has and all these things that she has. Mm-hmm. And then she narrows in on, you know, his shortfalls. And it just felt like, how could he not get his guard up and be like, Oh, no, everything's okay over here. All is well. I don't know. I feel like it was like a mutual, like, yeah, he did make some mistakes, but she also didn't seem receptive or like understanding that not everybody is in the same position as she's in. Totally. It seemed like it was a bit of a blind spot for her, like understanding that not every family has what her family has. And I would agree that she was a bit of a jerk about it. Um, I think there was a lot nicer ways she could have mentioned all of those things. I think it's totally fine. I have no problem with people being proud of what they have and excited to share what they have with others Um, in terms of like, check out my house, check out my car. Like if I remember correctly, like she bought that house on her own and it was, you know, she had this great job and like she had things that she was excited about. And especially when you are used to hanging out with other people who are like you, it's Mm -hmm. fun to like bounce those ideas off each other and to share what you have. Um, But I think she did it in a way that left him feeling lesser than. Yeah. And then you blame the guy in the end because he didn't share his credit score. Well, you made him feel like crap the whole time (laughs) about money. Like, why would he open that up? And I think that he didn't tell her earlier because to him, a credit score is not a big deal. It's not something that he was proud of, but he just didn't think it was that big of a deal. Like he just started a new job that he thinks is, is going to be you know really good for him financially. And he has no debt anymore. And the credit score was based on past mistakes like well hello he's human who did mistakes and I think he said it was during college he has so much less financial literacy and like financial confidence that when he screwed up he probably didn't know a what impact it was going to have or b how to fix it so that bad credit score is following him and then they get into the pods and they're not he didn't divulge that information but he didn't lie about the other stuff I don't think he got it. I don't think he had the has the financial literacy or had. He probably does now. <laughs> like smacked him right in the face. Um, I I just don't think he understood 
how important the credit score is. I think you nailed it on the head. I think she was a little bit jerky. He was a little naive and also just lacked the financial maturity of how important some of these, you know, basic things are. Like, it's not that, you know, having a bad credit score is bad. It's just that um, just having an awareness of what you can bring to the table. Like I read an article where they were talking about how he didn't really understand his one of the things she mentioned, which I also feel like I read it and I, I loved like getting it to peek behind the curtain of what's happening, but I also felt gross because I felt like, how, how come you're talking with each other behind you, each other's back like this? But anyways, <laughs> she was talking about how he didn't understand his pay structure. So oh. in the States, it's like a 1099 means like an employee, I think, like a T4 so, employee. Like a T4, yeah. Um, but he misunderstood that. And like, there was a commission component, which also meant like a contractor component. And then there was no benefits taken off. So like, he didn't understand that he had an employer that didn't cover the benefit. Like he didn't understand. And he's just like, she didn't want to have to learn the hard way through him, like or experience with him, him learning the hard way. So like, if he ever needed health insurance or one of those mm-hmm. things that here in Canada we take for granted mm-hmm. you have to pay that out of her pocket but I also feel like when it was that episode where they were in her house and she's like well what if the water heater breaks and are you gonna have like twenty thousand dollars or whatever yeah. her was? I was like this is your house what what <laughs> yes um and uh, hold up, who has a $20,000? <laughs> I can't remember the exact number if that was if that was it or not. But I remember thinking like, holy cow, that's really expensive. Yeah. Like, did you just inflate that number to try to make him feel crappy? Because yeah, I think you did. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I do think it's important to to like talk about finance openly between partners who are going to be sharing Mm -hmm. their lives together. Mm -hmm. But I didn't like, like, I mean, spoiler alert didn't work out for them. (laughs) And I think the number is like 80% of failed marriages and relationships and because of money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like, it's real, but to have these conversations and just know that if you have more intelligence, more maturity, more financial literacy than your partner, instead of shaming them and making them feel bad or, or I don't even know what her intent was. It's like, pull them up. Like, and if they don't think it's important, then maybe that is a deal breaker. Like maybe you thinking your debt isn't worth paying off. Maybe that is a deal breaker. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think, you know, it's, it's important going into a relationship to, um, to have some of these discussions. Um, You know, I think in, in in the relationship that we're talking about, like he didn't, A, he didn't understand how important this one specific thing is. um, And B, he probably didn't feel safe because she had already made him feel like crap. So, you know, important to create the like the safe space to have those conversations. Um, and I, I love talking about credit scores because I don't think that 
I don't think people realize what an impact it can make in your life if you don't have it, <laughs> like if you don't have a good score, right? And like I, I teach financial literacy workshops quite often. Actually, I, I did one yesterday and I'm doing another one today. Um, and we talk about credit scores a lot because nowadays, like landlords check your credit. And mm -hmm. the number one thing that I see hurting people's credit scores are cell phone bills. Like you get your phone breaks, you get bad reception and you, you're like, well, I'm going to stick it to them and not pay for their bad service and you go and get a new one and you're like 18 or 19 or in your 20s and you don't realize the impact that something some small decision like that is going to have and all of a sudden you've tanked your credit score gone to collections you're not paying it off because you're mad and nobody would do any of those things if they knew that it meant they might not get an apartment they mm. would all just pay the credit card or the the, the cell phone um, right so I just don't think that people realize the impact that it has. And now that we're talking about like higher interest rates and in many parts of Canada, like an affordability, um, you know, a housing crisis, um, having a bad credit score really does make a huge difference. And when you are coming into a relationship, um, you both want to come in like healthy, right? And so, you know, for a lot of the people who listen to our podcast, um, I think that they, they either have you know, good-ish credit, great credit, or they are already aware of why they should increase their credit score. Um, and I think that, you know, a big takeaway is for us to teach our kids about this at an early age, because it matters, right? Yeah. And you might think it's superficial, but getting a mortgage or not makes a difference. Getting an apartment or not makes a difference. There's some industries that you want to work in that they check your credit. My house insurance checks my credit and I get a discount if I have, I don't know what their threshold is, but if I have good credit, I get a discount. Um, yeah. So it does matter. Um, and also if you have a you know, less than perfect credit score, know that like the writing is not on the wall or yeah. what's in the future, right? Like it's, there's some simple steps to take and we do have another episode. I don't know what it is. Um, um, back with Richard Moxley, it was quite a while ago now. Um, episode seven. Episode seven. Okay, so go back to episode seven. And, you know, we talk about how important a credit score is and how this stuff works. So if you are somebody who's trying to teach your kids about it or are working on it for yourself, go and listen to that episode. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's important. She was a jerk and he was naive. Could have gone differently. Yeah. They just fell on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, this happened also in the, I don't know what season it was, but do you remember Natalie and Shane? Yes. And when yeah. he was like, I don't believe in 401ks. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> so they were having their money conversation. She yeah. handled it much differently than Stacy. Yeah. She's a gem. And yeah, she just, they were talking about money. They wanted to leave everything out on the table. Mm -hmm. And um, he just was like, oh, I don't believe in 401ks. And her facial expression was just like, 
interesting tell me more <laughs> like I love this person but this can't be real you know like yeah the retirement plan yes um and also this is another li little guilty pleasure of mine Natalie and her castmate from that season Deep D yeah they have a podcast as well yes after the pods and it's really good I haven't listened to it, but I should because I, I really like both of them. And I mean, another example that the Natalie and Shane of opposites attracting, like, yes. Oh my gosh. Could they have been more opposite? They couldn't have been. And he yes. was probably attracted to the stability that he doesn't have. Yeah. And like right? her calmness. Oh my like, gosh. He's so yeah. like calm and he's so like frantic, buzzy. He is something. <laughs> and and then she, he offered this like fun loving because she's pretty like probably tight and not that fun all the time like she checks all the boxes and you know crosses all the t's and dots all the i's every single time and so she saw something in him that she doesn't bring to the table right and yeah. so I think this is really really common um and so like being aware of that. Um, and if you are somebody who's not willing to pull the other person up, um, or if you are not willing to be pulled up <laughs> to their, um, you know, their, their hemisphere of, of financial literacy, then like maybe not a good, not a good match. I think both parties have to be willing. Um, yeah. And like Graham and I are no different. Like, mm -hmm no different you know I offer the stability um and he offers the fun um and we have to meet in the middle he had horrible you know money stuff before we met um you know and and I've always been the one well previous you know I was I was the one coming into the relationship that you know had good credit and understood how things worked and saved my money and had a house. And, and so together, um, you know, I was, I was able to pull him up. Um, mm -hmm. and I was also able to let go of a, a bit of grip so that we could have some fun. Um, so I think it does work out if you're both willing to work together. Um, yeah. And there's not one person kind of pretending that there's something they're not and the other one shaming them for being who they are yeah yeah, yeah totally and I mean like in our personal circumstance like we got married when Graham was 24 so who didn't make dumb mistakes when they were like right. 18 and 19 like he was still pretty young right um and so I would imagine that that conversation is a little bit different for people who are getting married or connecting in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, right? It's like, you know, at, at some point you expect, um, you expect others to um, have a, a certain level of, of responsive financial responsibility. Um, but even in that, like recognizing that there are so many, um, like most bankruptcies and consumer proposals come from divorce, health, like car accidents, um, losing your job, pandemic, like something major happened that was unsurmountable. It's not because the person was like lazy and irresponsible. Like life got in the way and knocked them down. 
And so coming out of that, you would have a really rough, <laughs> um, you know, ruined credit score that you have to work back from. So, you know, those, those people who are, are bringing two households or two lives together later on in life, also recognizing that like, you know, there's, there's baggage <laughs> that has to, has to come along and, and, uh, yeah, just like working together. I don't know, like, how can my half and your half, like, how can we come together to be the best financial house possible, right? Thanks for spending your time with us today. If you heard anything that piqued your interest, check out the show notes because we probably have some extra deets or links down there. Your homework for today, go talk to someone about your money, either your spouse, your kids, your coworker, or a licensed professional. And if you don't like those humans today, we're always talking in Lindsay's Facebook group, Black is the New Red. So join us over there. Head over to Facebook, type in Black is the New Red. You'll see so many amazing like-minded individuals in there trying to get better, asking the right questions, supporting one another. We look forward to hanging out with you again on your next dog walk or while you watch soccer practice from the sidelines. Cheers.